Welcome. You're listening to Sanseet. Where you'll find everything to do with spirituality, life lessons, holistic living, and medicine. To become your true self. We all have stories, journeys, experiences, and love. Here's your host, Aaron O'Dowd. Hello and welcome. This is Aaron O'Dowd. You're listening to Sanseet. On today's show, we have Catherine McGeechee. She is an extraordinary woman, a mind full of knowledge and degrees, such as Russian, business, and etc. She is a testimony of how the academic world, business, and spirituality all mixed together. Welcome to the show, Catherine, and how are you doing? I'm super, Aaron. I'm super. I'm so glad to see the sunshine, but then isn't it important to have the sunshine in yourself uh, so that when it's a grey day, that uh, you've still got that lovely sunshine feeling inside. You're, you're creating it within so that it happens without. Oh, excellent. And where did your journey start, Catherine? When did you discover the field of spirituality or holistic medicine? When I was four years of age, I had an experience of a presence coming to me and uh, telling me that I would, I was here to find out why adults have problems and deal with the problems and that I would live in a time when there would be no money and that, and I was to be part of, of uh, how that should be dealt with. And I was only four years of age. Uh, so I, I'm aware that I was aware when I was very young. Um, I came from a line of women who prayed about eight hours a day. They all had amazing spiritual experiences. They were really what you would call good living people. Um, there wasn't a bad bone in their body, basically. And, but they would have been brought up a Catholic and went, and, but, but a Catholic, not so much in the current tradition. Uh, in those days, everybody went to Mass in the morning and you had prayers, you said, during the day. And then you went to uh, something called benediction in the evening and you prayers in the evening. So it was non-stop tuning in, if you like, what we might today call tuning in. Um, and people actually believed that, that if they believed, uh, so there was a strong, strong sense of believing. So um, uh, I was brought up in that whole atmosphere, uh, uh, Aaron, and um, then when I was 22, I had finished a degree, finished a master's degree, and um, had just started another degree, a business degree, and was very aware that I would be making a decision that would affect my career and the rest of my life, and that I really ought not to make that decision uh, without the input of divine intervention, if you like. So I asked my mother if she had a novena that worked, and she had a big pile of them, and she pulled out this one. It's a long folded up job, and it was the 30 days prayer to the Sacred Heart. Now, at this point, um, 40 years later, I would be uh, coming at things with the understanding that there is one God, the God, that God is love. God looks to the heart. And if you look at all the old Jewish uh, writings, they're very clear God looks to the heart. So my intention was 
to connect with God and to have God's will done. And of course, if you look at the medical doctor David Hawkins' work, his map of the scale of consciousness from his power versus force and truth versus reality, you see that doing God's will or deferring to God's will is is between 700 and 1,000 on his map of the scale of consciousness, which goes up to 1,000. So um, in, in those terms, what I was requesting was a high level thing, if you like. But I didn't know that at the time. I just had been trained, that's what you do. You certainly don't go off and do your own thing. You tune in, uh, ask for divine guidance, and then move on that divine guidance. So I did the 30 days prayer uh, for the 30 days to, to Jesus. Uh, and it was all about love. There are two versions I've discovered, and one is, is not so nice, but this one was beautiful. And uh, within 10 days of finishing that, I had an experience. Um, I was up on this stunning little treasure island off the west coast of Shetland with my mum and with uh, my sister, younger sister, who was managing a farm up there. And she had said, why don't you go and... Uh, check out the seal colony on the other side of the island. Well, it's a tiny island. So over I went across the fields, and as I was crossing one field, I was surrounded by this voice, this beautiful baritone male voice, and I was aware that somehow this was connected to this novena I had done, and that this presence was God. And Aaron, the presence was, um, I, I could feel emotional. So I had hurt this presence. And what the presence told me was that I had done my own thing all my life, which was true. In spite of me uh, looking for guidance, I would go off and do my own thing. I had treated God as a push-button God, which was also true. If I did get an answer to my prayer, or love always is answering, that we don't always hear the answer. So when I did get an obvious answer to my prayer, I never did thank God. So here I was being told I had done my own thing all my life, treated God as a push-button God, and that I would be up against spirits that were greater than the spirit that was in me. And I was told that the authority spirit was the spirit of Jesus. Now, um, I know we come now at things from a Buddhist and a Hindu point of view, and maybe we've all the spiritual channels from South America, etc. But in those days, I didn't know any of those. What I knew were all the saints, because in uh, traditional Catholic teaching, Jesus only appears on the scene at Christmas and Easter. He's off the scene for the rest of the time, and it's the saints and Our Lady that take center stage. Uh, Our Lady is their center stage, and the saints come in and out every day. So. The idea of Jesus being the authority spirit was totally foreign to me. But I was aware that I, my cards were being marked and that I was spiritually vulnerable. And so I there and then uh, said to this presence that I had clearly hurt, I said, God, please forgive me for treating you like a dog. I am so sorry, and I wouldn't treat a dog in, in that way. And I said, Jesus, please step in to my life, take charge of my mind, my heart, my body, my spirit, my circumstances and relationships, and live your life in and through me, and don't let it be an Achilles heel. Um, because I was brought up uh, in the tradition of classical history, where you were taught that in school, and taught Latin, 
And so I remembered Achilles' mother dipped him as a baby into the magic waters. The baddies see it. They, they notice that he, she hasn't uh, dipped the heel she was holding in the magic waters. And that's his, his weak spot. And later on then, they managed to shoot an arrow through, through a poison arrow through to him that hits the heel and kills him. So this is why I prayed such an extensive uh, prayer. And when I prayed that prayer, this whole presence left, and I knew something had been dropped into me. And it was shortly after that, Aaron, I began to experience incredible things. And it was like having a, a shrink inside of me, and having a presence inside, an inner consultant, if you like. That's the only way I can put it. And one example of that is... Um, uh, you know, I, I, I was here in Ireland, and I'll tell you in a minute how I got to Ireland, but um, I, I, was, I had just had a, an experience, and I was really, really furious, and in the consulting downloads I'd been given, I had been told that um, I would never have any more of God than I now had, but that what was blocking God were the natures of self. And these were like a steel casing over this beautiful, pure white presence inside. And I was told self is self-respect, self-pity, self-confidence, self-gratification, uh, uh, self, uh, all the self, all the, the, all the self, self-effort. I was told they are all counterfeit um, and they had to go and be replaced with the God esteem and the God effort, etc. Um, now, I knew nothing about the Buddhist eight stages for clearing self and ego. I knew nothing about that at the time. It was much later on, years later, I was to discover that. Um, so this particular day, I, I, well, I had been told that when I would feel a discomfort in my tummy, a rattling or an irritation or a scratching, and if I were mad at someone, it was me who had to sort me out. I had to get bored out of my own eye. That didn't exonerate the person or explain it or excuse the difficult situation, but it was me that had to clear me first. And I was told just to have a, to say thank you for this situation, which we would now call attitude of gratitude. And uh, David Hawkins would say that's you operating at a frequency of 540, but I knew none of that at the time. So I just want to say thank you for this situation, a difficult person. Heavenly Father, and I know God is both mother and father, Jesus released me your attitude and that he would rise up in me, his spirit, place a protective seal where that leech was so that the leech could not get back on and, uh, and give me the appropriate response. So one day, Aaron, uh, something happened um, and I was really angry and I went, outside of my office, I got a lovely office, and round and round the building, walked round the building because I was so angry and I was saying through my teeth, thank you Heavenly Father for this situation, Jesus releasing me your attitudes. So I was muttering away, but my, I wanted my free will to choose this path. And so I went back into the office, sat down in the chair, and I just, in a kind of an arrogant way, said, okay God, what was that all about? And I sat back and the inner voice said, we were just getting rid of your self-respect. Your self-respect was acting like a trap door blocking our love from flowing through you. 
and I instantly saw in front of me uh, a trap door, about wooden trap door, about two feet by two feet, and it opened up away from me. And this torrent of it, it could have been light or water, but it, it was light in the in the shape of water, and it was in diameter. It was cylindrical in diameter, about a foot, uh, so 30 centimeters, and it came over my left shoulder, and it moved over right into the hole made now by this open trap door and burrowed its way in. And I sat back in the chair and I said, oh my goodness, please forgive me. Because, Aaron, I realized I had put up a wall only an hour before between myself and someone that I thought was a clown or a moron or whatever. And I would have been quite an intellectual aristocrat and that's what intellectual aristocrats do. They can think someone's a moron or a clown. And the person probably was. But that's not the divine path. The divine path is love. So I was getting my lesson. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is like having your own shrink. Now, Aaron, I, I was really full on doing that kind of process for, oh, I'd say about 12 years. Um, so, you know the way people would want to go out and proselytize and, and do all of that kind of thing? Although I did give talks, my main focus was clearing all this garbage out of me. And uh, and so, of course, what happens is then there's more of the divine likeness begins to uh, be evident to people. And the divine likeness cuts across all spiritual paths. Uh, all children will be aware if they're experiencing the divine energy. All animals are aware if they're experiencing the divine energy. Because energy is energy. And as David Hawkins so wonderfully put it, uh, it, 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 this can be measured, and Professor William Taylor of Stanford University, the Emeritus Professor of Engineering, he and his team created a little scanning device that actually can scan you for your frequencies. And of course, as we know from the work of physicists and David Hawkins, that every attitude and thought and emotion emits a frequency. So we could perceive that it would be very religious or spiritual, but that scanning device will actually tell us whether we are operating low ego state frequencies, which in David Hawking's scale go up to 175, or whether we're putting our first foot on the rung of the proper ladder, which is 200 in David Hawking's scale. So 500 in his scale is love, 540 is joy, uh, and so on. So we want to be moving up the ladder, but this process was giving me that, it was helping me clear my garbage that was blocking this presence. Well, I've since discovered only in the last year that um, from people who, who take marijuana or uh, LSD, that they believe they are, they are uh, spiritual because uh, they are accessing these states, but of course, and I didn't know that they thought that, um, but of course David Hawkins says that when we take marijuana or when we take LSD or any of these uh, psychotropic drugs, hallucination, hallucinatory drugs, what happens is the lower frequencies are temporarily suspended. So we actually do experience this 500, the 600, the 700, 
which is why people want to experience those states again and again and again. But the real path is to clear our negative uh, responses, our negative software. And all we've got in life are people and, and circumstances. And so every day we meet someone or we, see, we experience something and therein is our opportunity to feel our natural human response and at that moment choose to shed it and request the divine to release in us the divine response. So in that way we are bringing heaven, which is all surrounding us as we know from physics, uh, we're bringing heaven into this three-dimensional reality. And people begin to speak divine likeness in us. Um, so they're not, they're not experiencing uh, the ego, they're not experiencing this presence. So, uh, and I also know that we can use music, but uh, that's, uh, uh, I forgot this person in Horowitz wrote a book on uh, five to eight music. So that can help bring us to uh, this 500 states, but again, it's an artificial construct because uh, what the divine wants is for us to clear our uh, to clear ourselves of our natural human software, which is uh, plugged into the three-dimensional state, and the emotions of that state are doubt, worry, anxiety, and fear, all the low frequency uh, states. So we have to recover. Uh, restore our our free will, which is our God bit, if you like, by making choices right in the height of difficult moments. So hopefully that answers your question, Aaron, of how I have been switched on to spiritual path. It, it sure does, and it's a fascinating um, st- uh, story and experiences. Um, what were your degrees and masters in? Um, I have a primary degree in French and Russian. I have a master's in Russian and drama. I, I did theatre, I did cinema. And I also did uh, education through drama, or drama through education, which is amazing. Um, because 75% of the research populace, according to uh, the mother and daughter psychologists, Kim Myers and Briggs, Isabel Myers and Catherine Briggs, 75% of the populace is sensory, and sensory people do not uh, grasp concepts immediately, but our education system in the West is very conceptual, so that favours the 25% who are intuitive, uh, and the other 75% struggle. And so when you dramatize things or, or do education through drama, it gives a kind of tactile, experiential uh, educational process to that 75%, and suddenly they get the message. So uh, I found that to be really amazing, really, really amazing. Fast. Um, and my third degree then is a, a business degree. Um, I also went on to do another degree, that was that business degree was, was from Strathclyde and then I went on to do another uh, advanced diploma in uh, business consulting and finance that, that, that kind of that area. Uh, so anyway, that, but not all of these what I've been shown, Aaron, is our, we are all learning the same, the same lessons, but we're all in different contexts. So our lives are like a, a stage 
uh, our context, I should say, are like a stage, our jobs, our countries, uh, our so-called identity. And on that stage are actors and circumstances or environments, and they're giving us the opportunity to choose how to respond and shed our natural human software. And of course, the big bit of software we've got to face and shed is fear, because fear ties us to this sensory realm. And, and if I could give uh, yourself and your listeners a, a little um, analogy that was given to me but when in a time of meditation, um, if you can imagine the, the sensory realm is, uh, is on your left-hand side there where you're sitting, and the divine is on your right-hand side. So I know the divine is everywhere, but just for the purposes of this analogy. And if we consider that Einstein said everything is energy, and that this physical world is just solidifications of energy. So like an ice cube that can be melted and reshaped, energy, solidifications of energy collapse and reshaped. And we know that, uh, well, we know that from many traditions, uh, Eastern traditions with their Tai Chi and Qigong and energy healers. But we also know that from physicists like uh, uh, Dr. Lenny Howe, H-A-R-U, who runs the Howe Lab in uh, Harvard. And he's done all this work on dematerializing objects on a table and rematerializing in another place. So um, I, I think that um, once we understand that, then uh, we, we can realize the universal truth that the, the Eastern people have spoken of so much, which is the law of non-attachment. We do not get attached to a, a, a solidification of energy because it's just a solidification. We turn 180 degrees to the source of all things, the love, and the love which stays behind you. So if you're focused on, let's say, your right-hand side to love, and love is screaming its love towards you and filling you with love, and if you look where you are just now, Aaron, and your listeners look where they are, maybe at a chair, you can see everything behind that chair. Well, love, when it's looking at us, can see everything behind us that's on the left-hand side of us, as it were. And so love knows what we need. And what love is trying to do is get us to shut down our key brain that wants to control everything and to so vibrate in love that we are suddenly putting our plug in the socket of heaven. And that activates heaven to bring about all these divine adjustments, not just in us, but in our sensory world. And I believe this is what it meant that when the Jews were coming out of their Egypt. They had gotten so comfy in that left-hand side that um, those, those, they were suddenly totally controlled by the solidifications of energy. And on that, that left-hand side then, and these put by solidifications of energy means you will be controlled by fear and it's lesser cousins doubt, worry, anxiety, and of course the stress. And what, what loving parents would want that, that's like having your child abducted. So what killed those Jews out of Egypt, but they didn't realize what was going on and they came out after a while kicking and screaming and exclaiming. Well, I believe, Aaron, that since 2008, uh, since the crash, love is doing the exact same thing with us, 
that uh, all the peoples of the earth are given this opportunity to come out of being controlled by the solidification of energy. And as Greg Bratton so beautifully put it in his book The Matrix um, and his book on uh, prayer, the lost uh, architect, uh, that uh, in physics we have the law of collective resonance. And so we could be our theatre, our context, our stage in which we're living our lessons to be blackest Africa, incredible poverty, incredible disease. Uh, we could be a woman, so with no value whatsoever. In fact, the adventure of Pat Farley shows life in his talks of uh, women in one tribe, and if a member of the family dies, the men cut off a finger of that woman. Now, she could have 10 children, which means the possibility of her losing all 10 fingers is huge. She is a non-entity, that woman. So in that context, here could be that woman, but if she can understand that she just needs to turn from the left-hand side to the right-hand side, that there is a presence, that there is a power that wants to help her, that it's got nothing to do with religion, it's actually there. Our business is all at the zero-point energy field. Tesla called it a zero-point energy field. Tesla created energy machines that could tap into it, that would power up a whole city. And so this woman in darkest Africa who is experiencing uh, unbelievable disenfranchisement and, and poverty and disease, if she can turn to the right-hand side and learn to vibrate in love, bring her state up to love, suddenly she's plugged into this power. This power brings her a divine adjustment and the divine adjustment into her circumstances. And that's what I believe love wants to do for us and is, is bringing us all to just now and that that's what this shift of consciousness is about, Aaron. And that we're coming to this awareness that it doesn't matter what we do, what matters is the quality of consciousness we're actually bringing in. But in the past, our Eastern friends would have said, oh, yeah, it's the quality of your consciousness. But actually, it's in this context of, look, uh, if you don't get your act together, you're going to be controlled by this three-dimensional state and the fear is getting worse and the anxiety and the stress are getting worse. And um, what matters is your quality of consciousness now means you need to, if you want to be provided for, get out of the control of that left-hand side and get into this place. And then you will experience heaven. And that's where all the people of like mind and like heart, they all recognize one another. And it's as if they've known one another for years. Why? Because all that's operating in them is the eternal spirit. Billions of light years of, of spirit. And that's why they feel we know one another for years. Because it's not an earth identity they're connecting with. It's the spiritual one, if that makes Wow, that is extraordinary. Beautiful uh, analogy and uh, thoughts. Catherine, it's 30 minutes, time flies, doesn't it? Uh, I would like to ask you a final question. Um, if you could offer one piece of advice or something that is so dear to you, to another person or to the audience, what would it be? It, it would be master your response right where you are to the most difficult person and difficult situation. And with difficult people, don't face the person. Uh, get a chair in front of you. Uh, uh, imagine you're surrounded with love. 
and then put the person, imaginary person, on the actual chair and do five things. Number one, say to the person, when you do this, number two, I feel, number three, because, number four, but I forgive you because you're doing the best you can given the level of your garbage programming. That gets this thing out. And number five, ask the divine to release in you love, understanding, forgiveness, and compassion towards this person and keep doing it. Imagine your power holding the person down until what will be the image of their grouchy face becoming light and airy. And the person might actually get up off the chair to give you a hug. Let that happen. And that's you vibrating at 500. And then every day so that you know that you are loved, uh, you need to tell your brain today, show me all the instances of love. I am determined to experience love uh, and every example of love and start with an attitude of gratitude for whatever you can so that that raises your frequency. And in those ways, you're, you're releasing love to people and you're taking love in for yourself and you're vibrating at love and that's where miracles happen. Fantastic. Is there, do you have a website that we can check out more of your information or your contents? Yes, I, I, it's <coughs> katherinemagici.com C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-M-C-G-E-A-C-H-Y dot com. I also have a Facebook page where I do put up, it's very live, I put up fascinating research or things I think are important. And that's Catherine Magici. Uh, oh, actually, it's also got my nickname in it, Mandy Magici. I've got two Facebook sites. One just says Catherine Magici and the other is Catherine Blackett Mandy. Uh, which is a pet name my family gave me, Nikichi. And I'm happy to friend anyone and share information with them, Karen. That's excellent, Catherine. Thank you very much for taking your time and sharing your valuable experiences and knowledge and so on. It's a, a privilege, Karen, and a pleasure. And many thanks to you for giving me the opportunity. God bless you. You too. Thanks, Karen. Thank you for spending the time to listen to the show. If you want to learn more, check out sansit.com. That's S-A-N-C-I-T dot com. Join Sansit Group on Facebook and contact us if you have any questions. Until next time, have an awesome day and rock on.